You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Thanks, Sarah, for making that. Thanks for everybody that was on that. I'm just overwhelmed, honestly, to be able to function right now is uh, is going to be miraculous because I'm overwhelmed with love from you guys. It's a such a privilege to be in each one of your lives, and for for those that you know that I love that you got videos for some people that we've been able to be on the journey with them, and we still are now, but it's from a distance. Um, yeah, so it's just you know you. You don't think about it while you're doing it. You're just doing it because he's loved me so. He loves me so much and has forgiven me of so much and has set me free from so much. And then you're just doing it in response to gratefulness and love. And and uh, so thank you for helping me with perspective of what of um, what God's doing. And I'm grateful for all of the way that. My spiritual fathers and, and mothers have impacted our life and still do and give me an opportunity to reciprocate that to others. And so I've had great, I still have great models of what it looks like to be healthy and to love well. And, and so if it, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't be the person that I am. And if it wasn't for Lindsay before them, I wouldn't be the, the man of God that I am. So yeah, thank you all so much. I feel overwhelmed with love. It just I thought it was just going to be a few, and then it just kept going, and I'm like, so much love. I don't know if I can take any more. My love tank is over, overflowing. 41 years old, my. I feel great. Some of you are like, ha, ah, been past 41 for... A while, and others of you are like, "No, I can't. <laughs> I can't turn forty even." <clears throat> yeah, it's just uh, I'm just grateful to be alive. That's all I can tell you. Every day is a gift, truly, for me, and that's you know, and I, and I know that's true for all of us. I just when you face death so many times, that gift becomes real. <laughs> You're like, it really is a gift. Every day, I was not supposed to be here, and so. Just grateful I get to do this with all of you. It's a huge blessing. Man, I think about that in the mornings like today. I'm like, man, I can't believe I get to do this with such amazing people. Love Jesus so well. Oh, and you think about, man, before time began, God chose this. He chose us. I know he he chose me in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He called me son. Before anything was ever in existence, you know, it's just, that's for each one of us, you know, before anything was here, he's like, I, I see you just the way that, that I've always planned that you would be wrapped in Christ, wrapped in, in his righteousness, completely holy and blameless, not a single sin in, in staining your life at all. It's before the world began, like he's, he says all these things about us. And he's like, this, August 9th, this is where I'm going to put you, this is when I'm going to put you on the planet during this time, during everything that's happening in the world. This is when I want you to be alive. It's just, that blows, I don't know if I, what that does to you, but that just blows my mind. It's like, I can't believe that he would, it is literally like better than winning the lottery to be able to ever be on planet earth. <laughs> and then get to do it in, in your identity, you know, that Jesus would reveal himself to us. It's almost, it's definitely too much to comprehend with our human mind, but um, I'm glad that he opens our eyes and helps us with all this stuff. Oh, the gospel is just beautiful and glorious and powerful, and I want to, this is what I, this is what I'd want to do on my birthday is is just preach the gospel. It's it's this is a gift to me in and of itself. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to start off with a question. I want to pose a question to you today about love and I believe that God has been setting us up in all the seasons that we've been going in and the refinement in our lives. He's so faithful. 
when we surrender to him and we say, Jesus, you can, you can have my life, not when I pray a prayer to get to heaven, but when I actually surrender my life to Jesus, when somebody teaches me what this is really about and I, I lay down my life because he first down, laid down his for, for me and he gives me the example, when I learn that and I say, God, you can do whatever you want with my life, there's a process that begins in our life. I, I know that there is... There is supernatural things that can happen and life can be transformed completely in a moment. Moses laid hands on Joshua and in a moment he was brilliant. I, I hope to never discount the power of the laying on of hands, the gospel. Right? It's, it's, an, and it's an elementary principle of the gospel it, and they realize the importance of it. So in the Old Testament, and, and I believe we realize the importance of it now, it, and I don't ever want to discount that in a moment, something like happened to Joshua can happen to me, can happen to one of us. Moses laid hands on him, in a moment he became brilliant. <laughs> right? Sometimes we work really hard for what we could get through if, if, when we learn spiritual principles from the Bible. We're try and, and that doesn't make sense a lot, right? You're like, well, I have to work to get it. I've got to do something. I've got to do all these things. And, and that's not... And that's not true of the gospel. It's all, it's all supernatural. But when that, that doesn't take place, there's a process that begins. And when we embrace giving our life to Jesus, that's the, the process of refinement starts in our lives. And it's because of the faithfulness and the love of the Father for each one of us that He wants us to look exactly the way that He dreamed we would be before the foundation of the world. To, to these, these are three things that I know for sure is that we were created by love, we were created to be loved, and we were created to become love. That's a guarantee that we were created by love. He told Jeremiah, I've formed you in the womb before, yeah, before I knew you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, right? I called you. He did that for each one of us. He formed us, he formed us by love. Love formed us. Right? And we were created to be loved. That's the first thing we were created to be. I had it messed up. I thought I was created to do something. He said, you're just created to be loved. Because when you're loved, you become love. And that's what we've been talking about. Jeff talked about it last week, of, of what love does. We've been talking about it for weeks. Nikki, Sarah, I, Siraj, we've all been talking about what it is for, to allow him to love us. And I want to build on that today because there's a, there's a reason. I'm not, I'm not laying back and allowing God to love me just, just so that I can be loved. There's a purpose. It's because when I allow Him to love me, I become what I allow into my life. That's true of all things. Right? Something I, it, people and things are either influencing me or I'm influencing them. My atmosphere is impacting me or I'm impacting it, right? And, and that's, it's just, it's the way we were, we were wired was to actually learn how to receive first because when I learn how to receive, I learn how to rest. Because what I'm receiving, I will rest in and whatever I rest in, I will become. I end up reciprocating that to the world around me effortlessly the way that God created it to be. Because loving people was never supposed to be hard work. <laughs> you ever said, man, that person's really hard to love? All right, I've said that. I've really hard to love, but I'm glad God doesn't say that about me. And if God doesn't say it about me, then, then there's, there's greater revelation of the love for me that will cause it to where I'll never say that about anybody else. And there's, that's the process. That's the refinement. It's growing in love. That's the whole thing. I love growing in the gifts. I love the prophetic. I love seeing more people healed. I love the, the Kaya getting healed of cancer. It, it saved her life, right? We get to enjoy life with her because, because of God's healing power. But the healing power came from love. It didn't come from anywhere else. And so all of those things that we desire to grow in, I love. They're beautiful. They're part of the gospel. Signs and wonders follow us. But before signs and wonders follow me, I was created to be a sign and wonder. And the greatest sign and wonder will ever be to the world is to, look, to be loved to the world around us. In the midst of, 
when, when all things are, <laughs> you were like, I thought you were going to pray. When all things are begging for our attention and our time and all things around us are, are screaming at us, especially in this season, to become like what, whatever it is, whatever political party, whatever religious thing that's going on, whatever, all of those things are, are vying for our attention so that we will submit to their opinions and their their powerless belief system so that we will become like them and join them and therefore be a greater division within our nation and within the body of Christ. So Father, we thank you right now that you're coming in this moment for everybody online, everybody here, that this is what I, I want for my birthday, Jesus. I, I want us to encounter your love at deeper levels today. That Holy Spirit, you would come as love in this moment and that you would take us into the depths of the Father's heart and places in the Father's heart that we've never been before, that today would transform us more into love than anything ever has. If it's something that you allow me to say with you or you just do it supernaturally, we don't care how it happens. We just want it to happen. We don't want to leave here the same. I know we pray that a lot, but it's true. Every time we gather together, I pray that we be empowered today by the hope of the gospel that we be empowered by love today to love those people that may seem hard to love in our lives right now that we would get fresh perspective today on everything in our lives everything uh, inside of us and everything that's going on in the world around us and our sphere of influence that we'd focus on what's most important Sarah and then we're singing today we just want to focus in on you want you to get our time and attention. I want you to be first place in our life. And I thank you that I'm in a room full of people, that that's what's happening, that they're focusing in on you, which is going to make this real easy for us to go deeper in love today. In Jesus' name. And so what, what would you, I'll touch on some, possibly touch on some more of the stuff I've been uh, just said a, a moment ago. And uh, this is, I think, Personally, and I know every generation may have said this, but I believe it's the, the, the most amazing time to be alive. Yeah. Uh, the, the greatest gift right now is to be alive in, in, the, in the world today with, with what is going on, with what, we're, uh, with what God has set us up to see with what we're going to, what, what is happening in the world with the harvest that's, that's going on, the, you know, people say the billion soul harvest, it's, it's happening, I, I believe it's going to be more than a billion souls, but it's, you know, I just don't want to stop, I don't ever want to put a, uh, a number on it, a billion's a great number, but there's more than a billion people on the planet, right, seven and a half or so billion people now, right, on the planet, I want to yeah, I would just want all, so we're alive right now when this is happening, where the body of Christ is coming into the fullness of what we were created for, where we are being set up to live as the bride, to live in, in a place of intimacy that the, only the bride can go into that sons and daughters aren't allowed into, right? We, there's a, this is way different season that we're walking in. This is a way different season than we get to be a part of than ever before in the body of Christ. And I, I think it's, it's amazing in, in the midst of all of this, there are so many things that are begging for our attention and for our time and, and for our belief system. And I believe what the Father is saying to us today is that there are beliefs in our life that we can't take with us into the next level. Right? In every season, it's, it's a, I love prophetic. I've got prophetic words. I got one yesterday. We're out on the lake. Uh, my legs are sore because of uh, trying to balance myself on the paddle board, uh, <laughs> falling off a few times, and uh, then once getting the hang of it, you know, it's like Owen's teaching me how to do it. He's like, it's just squat down and balance yourself. I'm like, like this the whole time? He's like, yeah. I'm like, this. So like a wall sit, y'all who played basketball, right? The wall sits, you're like, I'm like a wall sit the whole time? I'm like, I am not prepared for this. <laughs> My legs are screaming at me, right? But nobody wants to fall off in the water again. You know, I'm like shaking. And it,
It's a blast once you get a hang, hang of it, because I don't know about you, but I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy anything that I suck at. <laughs> I just never had fun doing things that I'm terrible at. <laughs> and so, you know, I got a prophetic word, you know, about growing into it. Like there's, there's double portion, there's more, there's a new season that you're going into. And so in the midst of that, I'm like, okay, I'm going into a new season. And I used to believe something that somebody said years ago, and they said, new levels, new devils. You ever heard that before? Some of you have been in Pentecost for a while, you've heard that, and I'm not, yeah, you've heard that. And, and even if that is true, I, I believe that it is a, a, a hopeless statement because it puts my focus in a place that will only create more adversity for me because I, my time and attention is on the enemy and what he's doing. And he doesn't deserve any time or any attention from me. And one of the greatest forms of spiritual warfare is to pursue God. Just pursue him. I don't have time for you. I don't have time for the devil. I don't have... Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll make this statement. You do what you want with it. But I, I will never let somebody hold me back from pursuing God in the way that He created me to pursue Him. I know there's no soldier left behind and all that stuff. But if there are people in my life that are holding me back from the more of God, it may be time to have a conversation and say, Look, this is, this is what I am going to do. I will still love you well from, from the position of pursuing Him. But this isn't going to continue to work for me because it's, it's keeping me back into a place where I cannot grow into more of what he created me for. And you got to be mean or nasty about it, right? It's just like this is, and then the, what happens is, is Paul said, I, I hope to make my countrymen, the Jewish people, jealous as I am pursuing God. The things that, if they don't believe the message that I am sharing with them, hopefully they will see from my life that they can have this too. Because our lives are created to be an invitation into the more of God. My life is, that's, it's way more powerful than my words will ever be. That, that I'd be a love letter from the Father. A, a living epistle in everything that I do. And so when I'm going into a new season, I'm asking God, what is necessary for me to do now? Because what I did in last season, because you, you all realize that every season is different. And it's not because th things are changing as much around me, but the things are changing in my thinking and on the inside of me. Because what I did in last season, I can't, I'm not going to maintain the same level of anointing or a new level of anointing in the same way that I did in last season. A whole new level of the prophetic or healing or any of that stuff can't be maintained with the same level of intimacy that I lived out of in last season. And, and, and there's the, the main thing is that I can't think the same that I did in last season. And God's so gracious and so good, so loving and so caring and so focused on us becoming everything that we were created to be is that He ever so gently loves the wrong thinking out of us as we allow Him to. Because what would you say if, if, I, po if I told you that love, the love of the Father is destructive? You'd say, I need to hear more. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Because God's love is, in Jeremiah 1, in verse 10, God is, I won't get into the whole calling that Jeremiah had, but in this verse, I believe, is relevant to this particular topic because he says see I have set this day I have set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down to destroy and throw down and to build and to plant he's telling Jeremiah I've actually I've called you through your prophetic gifting to actually pull down things to destroy things there are things that are in the world right now that need to be destroyed and dismantled and they're not people there are principalities, there is darkness, there's strongholds, there's walls in people's hearts, and ultimately there's lies that people believe about God. I'm talking about right now, not in Jeremiah's time. It was true then, but it's also true now. 
There's lies. There, there's walls where people, you can't get to somebody's hearts. And the number one thing that will destroy all of those things is love. Because at the cross, love destroyed the power of sin. Love destroyed my idea of who God was. Love destroyed everything that I thought I thought about myself. Love destroyed the orphan that was living on the inside of me and in my thinking. Love destroyed, dismantled all of the things that had me captive. All the addictions and all the things that, all the bad beliefs and bad attitudes and bad characteristics and Right, All the sin habits, love destroyed all of that stuff. So love dismantles all of those things. You could say it's power. I'd say that that's true, but power comes from love. I know power can move without love, but it's not supposed to. Just because something does happen doesn't mean it's the way that it's supposed to happen. And so I'm glad that we're getting that, that God's love is what it's all about. And so when I realize that God's love actually destroys the things that I, the, the thinking that I've had, the bad attitudes that I've had, my worldview, uh, the way that I look at people, the way that I think about things. And I say, when I realize that and I say, God, here I am for you to love me. And I, and I allow him, I, I begin to believe that I'm worth the love of the Father. Right? Because that's the first step. I, I have to believe that I'm worth God's love. Because it, it's, it's easier when I read John 3.16 and I say, God so loves the world. And, and I know I'm in that, right? I'm in the world. Okay? So God so loves the world. I make it really general. Uh, God, yeah, God loves everybody. But then when I make it really personal, and, and what if I, I, I said, if there was, I realized that, just humor me for a moment, I realize there's not a list, and I realize that God has favorites, but we're all his favorite. That's what chosen means in, in 1 Peter 2.9. You're a chosen generation. That word actually means favorite one. Isn't that amazing? You're God's favorite one. But for the sake of discovering things that aren't true in our thinking, what if there was a list of favorite ones? Do you believe you'd be on it? Huh? If it was a short list, a couple thousand, hundred thousand, would you be on that list? And instantly there's things that come up in our mind of reasons why not. Well, I did this last week, and since I've been a Christian, I, I've done this and this and this and this. And begin to point out things that actually would not allow us to be on that list. And all of those things are, are, are lies, right? They're not true. And each one of us have a different list of lies. And as we allow God to love us, for, for us to believe that we're worthy of his love, there's this process of refinement that starts in us. And when I say I'm allowing you to love me, what I'm saying is I'm allowing love to refine me. Because <laughs> if I was created to become love, then it has to be love that refines me. I know that fire refines, and I believe that his love actually is that fire. We've been in this, like, we're, we've been in this season of refinement. Newsflash, we'll be in this for as long as we're here. <laughs> we've just become more aware of the, of the refinement because we have actually partnered with God and I'm not going kicking and screaming into this thing like, no, I don't, I'm comfortable in my stuff, right? Because you say, nobody likes change. But this isn't just change, this is transforming us. But things that are unfamiliar, when we don't know where we're going, become a little bit scary to us. Would you, would you agree with that? You're like, I don't know what's actually going to happen to me in the, in the midst of this. But when I realize who God is as a good father, then refinement, I know that I'm safe with him. That he'd never do anything to hurt me. And so I have to, have to, and get to, realize that he loves me for me, unconditionally. And when I begin to receive that love right where I'm at, in the midst of all my stuff, whatever's wrong, we've all got things that aren't yet 
perfect in our lives. We're not perfectly responding in love in every situation. Right? But we're growing. And that's the good news. We know that we're growing. In those areas that we, we weren't loving well six months ago, we are now loving well. And so receiving it, when I say, God, here I am to receive all of your love, I'm inviting him to pull down, destroy, to build, to plant, right? You're pulled down, you're destroying bad thinking, you're planting new, thought, not, new seeds of thought, new thought processes in my life. You're actually uh, helping my mind come to a new normal it, so that I can see things the way that you see them. Because right now, more than any time that I've been aware of since I've been on the planet, there's, there's this that's happening. You know the enemy's favorite thing to do is to divide people. First, first marriages, he loves to d- divide marriages because it's the very first covenant that was made Right? It's, it, there's nothing that, that's more a perfect picture of us and Jesus. And he loves to divide marriages, but he, he doesn't just love to, he loves to divide families. He, he loves to divide uh, cities. He loves to divide nations. He loves th- that there's two different, very different political parties. He, he, he loves, if he could love, he loves those things. Because they divide us. He loves that there are 200 and some denominations of churches. He loves that, that division uh, a lot of times looks like demo- denominationalism. Denominationalism. Is that right? Yes, that. It's a big word. He loves that there are over 200 denominations of churches. But what he doesn't love is the fact that those, are, those walls are coming down. That the body of Christ is becoming as one. And, and, and that what's going on in the world right now is actually, it's actually causing more unity than it's ever happened before. It's a beautiful picture of what God always plans. And though God doesn't cause bad things, he will use bad things. He'll use all things. Because remember what it says in Colossians and in other places that all things were created by him, for him, and through him. Jesus says this in Mark 8 to the disciples before they start having a discussion about uh, what I love that um, when I've talked about see, hear, and remember. Talking about the testimony, the reminder of the miracles of God. They get in the boat and they're going to the other side of, uh, of the lake and and Jesus has just fed 4,000. Before that, he had just fed 5,000. And he says to them, Beware of the leaven of Herod and of the Pharisees. Now, the, there's, it's, it's a, a comparison because he had said or says that the kingdom is like leaven. And a little leaven leavens the whole lump. If you don't know what that means, it's like a little yeast that gets in bread. It spreads everywhere and causes the whole, all of the dough to rise. So it's like uh, the kingdom is like a good infestation. That just a little bit of the kingdom can get into a place, into a person, into a business, into a, a city, into a nation. And it begins to spread and you can't stop it. But he compares the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees to the leaven of the kingdom. And the leaven of Herod would be the political system. I don't ever talk about politics from the pulpit, and I'm not going to talk about it today. But I am going to bring up a valid point. Leaven of Herod is the political system, the political spirit, not just the system. Because the system in and of itself is not bad. Do you realize there are principalities and powers that are behind certain things? And then the leaven of the Pharisees would be the religious spirit. Political spirit, religious spirit, both are one with the spirit of division. And right now, more than any time ever, there is that political spirit that is vying for our attention to side. And for us to look at people the way that politics looks at somebody, and actually the way that the enemy sees people, which is by, the, by their fallen nature. And so when I side with, a, because you realize that we aren't Democrats or Republicans, 
that we're sons and daughters of God and we, we live in a kingdom. That though they may carry some of our beliefs, that there is not any of them that actually carry the full gamut of what kingdom is yet, but it's happening. And so when I side with a political party, then what can happen is that I begin to come into agreement with this political spirit that says, you're bad because you do this, and look at what they did. And then what happens is, is when I see that person, all I can see is what they've done wrong, what they believe that doesn't line up with my beliefs, how they're treating people, and I have no love for that particular person, and therefore I'll never have influence in their life. Come on. It's begging for our attention right now. It's begging for our attention because it wants to divide our country further. The things that are happening in our nation right now are meant to destroy any unity that has been built up. Everything that people have fought for and laid down their lives for. It's trying to destroy everything that we are. And we are the ones that are called not to come into agreement with it. That there has to be somebody that stands in love. And says, even though I may have different beliefs than you, I will not let it blur my vision for how I love you. I will not let it blur my vision for how I see you. So that if ever given the opportunity, I will be able to influence you with love and see your life changed. Because it's not about winning them over to a political party. It's about actually seeing them walk in their destiny. Come on. A free nation is a messy nation because it invites all belief systems, right? And somebody who, who is a true patriot, who's laid down their life for this country and who's still living would say, every belief system I've died for, for you to practice whatever you want, right? Whatever religion you want to. That's what, that's what they didn't pay just for Christianity to be practiced, even though they may be Christians. And so, just like we always say, free, on a smaller scale, free people are messy people. Because until we learn that we're powerful people, we make poor decisions. But love demonstrates what it looks like for people to be powerful. Because there's two things that we were created to be. Created to be love and created to be powerful. I know there's other things we were created to be, but they stem from these two things. Be love and be powerful. And so we were created to pull down, uproot, destroy, and dismantle the lies that, that are spewed from the enemy's kingdom in the, in the realm of darkness that's around us. And it happens. I know there's lots of practices, intercession, and warfare that goes on, and I, I, I'm not against any of it, and you just... Work that out with Jesus, whatever you think is the healthiest, and whatever brings you the most hope. That's all I'd say. If you're going to war, get principalities and powers, and you've got a, a frame of reference for what warfare looks like, if it does not bring you hope, I, I would question whether or not it came from the God of all hope. Right? Because he, even, in, even in warfare, he's, it's hope-filled. <laughs> if, if you went into intercession and you come out feeling heavy and, and disgruntled and upset and depressed, I would encourage you to get Benny Johnson's, uh, that, the, what is the happy intercessor? <laughs> I would encourage you to get that book and read it. Because there's people that have a grace on their life to spend hours in prayer. It's important. It's vital. To all those things. But it's also what's more vital than me praying for hours is what I believe while I'm praying. <laughs> Come on. Right? Because people, though prayer changes things, faith moves God. And when I... Faith is a catalyst for everything in the kingdom. It's how I receive His love. Some people are like, I don't feel anything when I say... It's, it's just received by faith. And the way I know it, that I'm receiving God's love, is that the things that are inside me that don't look like love are being challenged. <laughs> because before I can pull down belief systems through the love of the Father and impact people with the fullness of His love, there's things in me that have to change. And it's not hard work. It's the hard work of rest, but it's not hard work.
and it's resting in his love. It's, you realize love's not argumentative, it's not prideful, it keeps no record of wrongs, <laughs> believes all things, hopes all things. Love, it, it, that picture in 1 Corinthians 13 is what the Father looks like. It's what we were created to look like. No more, no less. That each one of us were made in His image for that. The religious spirit opposes those things. Just like political spirit opposes certain things, the religious spirit also opposes the uni unity of the body of Christ, but it cares, it cares more about it gets people to care more about right and wrong than about relationship because it opposes the foundation of everything that we were created for because it has no good intentions. The only intention is, is for, for it to be uh, uh, on an island by itself with the people that believe that particular way and to create more islands so that we'll never be in unity. Because you realize the religious spirit is not in the kingdom. It comes from the kingdom of darkness. Right? God, I'll do this profound. Hold on. Strap in. God good. Devil bad. It's deep. Write it down. And though we laugh about that, that doesn't, that's, that for people in the world right now, that's, that's not true. Because some of them don't believe that there is a devil and that all good and all evil all come from one source. That he's causing, that he's the puppet master causing these things. The religious spirit, would, is, you, can, you can always identify it by one, by one trait is that it cares more about being right than it cares about relationship. Gets angry when you don't agree with it. I know that that can be pride, but the religious spirit is rooted in that spirit of pride. I believe that that's one of the reasons in Proverbs that, that Solomon was ha told by the Spirit of God to write that, that pride was it before the fall. The kingdom was always meant to advance. There's no retreating in the kingdom. There's no going back and we're always on offense. And the way that that continues to happen in our own personal life, because the kingdom is advancing. Who's, who sings that on the new Bethel album? The kingdom is advancing at the speed of light. Is that Dante Brown? I don't know if he's the one that sings it. It's in one of those songs. The kingdom's advancing all of the time. I love that picture. The kingdom's advancing at the speed of light. The reason that I love that is because the kingdom is always advancing. Sometimes I don't have a full picture of it because I don't feel like I'm advancing in my life. <laughs> And so then the world stops, right, for me. <laughs> I know that's not true, but my world seems to stop in moments that I don't feel as if, as if I'm advancing. And in seasons where refinement is really turned up, like right now through allowing ourselves to be loved, it can feel like you're not advancing, but that's not true. Because love is changing our beliefs. And because our beliefs are changing, the kingdom is advancing in our own sphere of influence. Because the more my beliefs change, the more influence I gain. Whoever has the highest beliefs has the most influence. Whoever has the most hope has the most influence, Steve Backlund says. Whoever has the most hope has the highest beliefs. When I look at somebody, and so this is our responsibility. I've found this to be more difficult for Christians in our circles and in my own personal life than I have. So it, I've found it to be more difficult for Christians to love other Christians that don't agree with them or are what we deem to be religious, just like I used to be. I probably still got some, some stuff in there. It's just, it's, I'm glad that I'm shedding it off, right? <laughs> But in this season, I feel pretty free from it. And when God turns the love up, I may find something else. <laughs> it, but I found it easier for us to love complete strangers, drug addicts, gangbangers, people that are lost and living in crazy darkness, never knew Jesus, than to love somebody that's of the same faith, but in a different church with a different name. And it can't be. 
Because he said that Jesus told the disciples that the world will, will know that I sent you by your love for one another. And, and a lot, this is, this is where the rub comes to. We're like, well, if I love them, then that means I agree with them. The only agreement that's necessary is that Jesus is, is who he says he is, right? Jesus is Lord. He's king. He's everything. He is the one true God. There's no way to him except through the Father. That's where agreement is. And that's the main place that agreement has to stay. All the other stuff is up for grabs on theology. <laughs> because I, if you've been in the kingdom very long, you realize that five years ago, you believed stuff, I believed stuff, that I was like, this is truth. And now five, five years later, I'm like, I would never preach that again. <laughs> Please, Lord, take all of those podcasts down. Don't ever, no one will ever hear this. No one will ever know that this came from me. Because we're growing in levels of revelation. Growing in revelation, uh, and as we grow in love, we grow in revelation of who the Father is and who we are. And so we were also called to the church to dismantle the religious spirit and lies that divide us as Christians. How do we do that? We find what we agree on. I already told you what's most important. We don't bring up the other things. I got friends that believe different than I do. Much different. You know what? We don't talk about that stuff. It's not important. Our relationship is important. We talk about what we... what. what what we're passionate about. We talk about sports. We talk about our families. We talk about whatever it is. It's what relationship is not built on theology. Relationships built on connection that comes from love. Because the religious spirit says, if we don't agree, then we can't have a relationship. That's what it wants, that's what it wants from us. And the good news is, is that we are we are finding out that that's not what's most important. What's most important is connection, because that's what love tells me. And as I continue to allow him to love me, that's what becomes priority. And the more that becomes priority, it's a sign that I am allowing him to love me. I'm allowing the love of God. Now, let me help, help you make this make sense. Because somebody posed a question, he's, he's, I don't think he's, yeah, he's in the kids' room. Jake posed this question on Wednesday night, and he said, what, what's it look like practically for God to love you? All right? Because it's one thing to have the revelation that God loves me. It's one thing to have a revelation that I have, I have more grace than I'll use in a lifetime. It's one thing to have a revelation that I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. All these things that we're learning. It's another thing for me to receive the fullness of that love, of that grace, to have a, a better understanding that, that the greatest power in the world lives on the inside of me and causes me to live powerful. Right? I can make powerful choices. There's, there's, there's levels that we're being refined into. And so practically, it, it really looks like me meditating on the truth that He loves me. And allowing that truth to bring those things to the surface that don't agree with that. And, and as we grow, there'll be different things that, that come up in our thinking. And it may not be that it disagrees with that He loves me. It may be that it disagrees with how I am to love the people around me and what love looks like. And so it may be different from each one of us, but I believe that it comes from the practical principle of meditating on the truth that His love's most important in my life. That it will be destructive as it rebuilds me into everything that He says that I am. It will dismantle bad beliefs. It will, it will change my perspective on the people that are around me that don't agree with me in the religious realm or in the political realm or all those things that are begging for, for my attention right now. Alright? It's all, it's all, it wants us to pick a side. Do you know there aren't any sides in the kingdom? <laughs> I just side with love. 
And love doesn't care about who's right or wrong. I'm not saying policies and things aren't important. Right? I'm saying how I see the people that hold those particular views is what's important. What most important. And allowing myself to be loved will change me into the one who sees them already as valuable, already as powerful. Because you know all those people that you're hearing are doing those awful things right now and have done those bad things. I talked about it at the beginning. I'm going to wrap up with this. All those, all those awful things that you're hearing, right? All the things that are happening right now in the world. Before the foundation of the world, the Father looked at every one of them. Called him son, called him daughter. Said, you're holy, you're blameless, you're my masterpiece. I had a dream and I, ra- I wrapped you around it. I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. I sent my son for you. All his blood, you were worth all his blood. Everything you've ever done has been paid for. He spoke all those things over every one of them. Every one of them. It helps me to remember that so that I see them the way that he sees them. Because that thing that desires, that's lurking in the darkness, that desires to destroy our nation and dismantle it and cause division in it, is already lost. And all of heaven, all of heaven is waiting in a good way, waiting with anticipation to see what we'll do with the love of God that's been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Every day we wake up as a new opportunity to love somebody well. And the way that I may have loved that person yesterday that may not have been great, a new mercy every morning. Right? It's a do-over every day. Isn't that beautiful? That doesn't give me a reason to make excuses. Mercy actually changed my mind about what I do wrong because I realized I didn't deserve it. And then mercy changes my thinking because it triumphs over judgment. And the judgments that I hold against those people, that mercy, when I get it new every morning, is actually supposed to dismantle and destroy those judgments that I've held against those people. Because that's, what, that's, that's what's going on. And you and I have the power of love on the inside of us to shift atmospheres and destroy darkness with a word. Do you know when you're present in an atmosphere that darkness is, is being destroyed while you're there? Just by you being there breathing. <laughs> that light and life and love are being released through every breath. And no matter how dark the darkness is, no matter how powerful people say those spirits are, those things that are uh, over cities or over nations, that, that, that you and Holy Spirit are more powerful than any of that. And then every day you wake up and choose love, you'll destroy darkness another day. Every day that I wake up and choose love, I'll destroy a little bit more darkness and actually enforce the victory that's already been won at the cross. And the the principalities that have been disarmed and dismantled at the cross, as it says in Colossians 2.15, that victory is being enforced every day that I, I am alive on the planet. Me and Jesus are walking as one. Every day. Every day there's more, there's more Christians coming into the kingdom than ever before. Thousands on a daily basis are coming into the kingdom. Every day. People are being won by love. Right now, more than ever, people are crying out for love. Regardless of their opinions and their beliefs and what they're demonstrating and what they're doing in their lives, they are begging to be loved well. <laughs> and we get to do that. That's what was happening to me. I was begging to be loved well. Begging to be loved into wholeness. Father's like, take you up on that. Just waiting for this moment with you. Every person that we meet on a daily basis is one encounter away from their life being changed forever. 
And you don't have to do anything profound to make that happen. Just be present. Present in the moment. That's all. That's what I've heard more from the Father than anything in this season. Just be present in the moment. That and you've got to up the intimacy because the intimacy that you currently have in this season, at at the last level, you can't have in the new level. What's that look like? Looks like him getting more of my attention. It looks like me focusing more on living one with him. It's not hard. We were made for it. We're already wired for it. We already have everything it takes to do it. Isn't that good news? Does this make sense? I know it got a little intense with that political thing and right? I believe you could say that God doesn't hate, right? He doesn't hate people, but I believe he hates every principality and power of darkness that's behind those this destroyed lives. Just looks different than when we hate. And so I have strong feelings about those spirits that cause what, what's happening in the world. And so I get passionate about it because I know it's not supposed to be here. Jesus didn't want it here. He didn't plan for it to be here. This wasn't big, some big setup so he could get a bunch of people to run to him and love him. That's not what he was doing. He was like, I'll, I'll cause all this and then, no, I mean, come on, that's not a good dad. He just trusted people. You trust people, it can get messy. And he's okay with a mess. He cleaned up all of our messes in one act at the cross. He's like, I paid for you to be all cleaned up. And he's patient. He's so patient. Because he could crash in, change everything in a moment if he wanted to. Right? He's God. He can do what he wants. Psalm 115. It's the God who sits in heaven. He does whatever he wants. <laughs> he's, he's God. And that we get to be in this with him. But I'll tell you, more than anything right now that I'm focusing on, not just encourage you to do, whatever season you're in, wherever you're at, you're growing in love. You are. I, I would encourage you, that, that Philippians 4.8, I can't quote the whole thing, but it's, Paul's, he's telling the, the church at Philippi what to focus on. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, whatever things have a good report, Right? Focus on those good things. Focus on those things where you, you have grown. I have grown. We're growing in love. We're growing in love. That's amazing. It's the most important thing. And as we grow in love, all those other things that we've went after to be more prophetic and to see more healings and miracles and all that stuff, we'll naturally see it. Just resting in Him, resting in love. That we are set up for the greatest move of God that the planet has ever seen before. I'm not just saying that to hype you up or to, even because it's a good thing to say. I'm fully convinced of it. And love will lead the way. He's going to trust the most influence and the most people to disciple and raise up and father and mother to those who have made their one priority on earth to love Him, to be loved, and therefore love those that are around him. It's great. He's doing it everywhere. It's happening. I want to be a part of it, don't you? I want to be a part of it. I mean, come on. There's just nothing better to do your to do with our lives. You still get to do all the things you're passionate about, the trades, the the hobbies, the jobs, the raising the, you know, all the things that you want to do. You still get to do all that out of this place of becoming love. So if you would stand with me and I just want to ask, I want to have us ask the Holy Spirit a question. Just one question and it's this. What in my thinking can I not take with me into this new place that you're taking me? Into this deeper place of love. Into this greater level of grace and anointing. Whatever you want to call it, it's all of it.
what, what in my thinking can I not take with me? What am I thinking is not hopeful, full of hope, right? Is it a perspective? Is it the way I'm seeing myself or other people? Have I got so caught up in the news that I've, I've picked sides and got angry at other people, and, right? I don't know if anybody's ever told you this before, and I'd rather you hear it from me, but it's just not okay. I owe the world a debt of love. That's it. I think it's okay to get angry at those spirits that are behind the, the people that are lost and in darkness. Because I believe that that, that, that type of anger is actually a righteous anger. That it, that it fuels a greater love and passion compassion for people in me when it does that it's okay and so Holy Spirit we welcome you to come and reveal anything in our thinking that we can't take with us into this new level of grace and and anointing and, and gifting and ultimately this new place of love this deeper place of love what is it that's standing in the way of of us not loving our 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 lives unto the death What is it? Thank you that you're revealing it to us right now. Spirit, just ask that you would replace that thought or that train of thought with that. As it said in Jeremiah, there'd be a new seed of, a new train of thought, a new seed of thought that would be planted into our minds. That you'd show us the truth that trumps, or the higher truth that trumps that level of truth, or trumps that lie, whichever it is in our minds. That you'd show us what that is and help us to meditate on it as we meditate on just receiving your love. Thank you that you're loving us to death. (laughs) You're making sure that those things that aren't supposed to be in our life are, are being destroyed by your love. I thank you that I'm in a room full of people and people that are watching that are allowing themselves to be loved by you. That they've seen what's most important, what's priority, what brings unity, what's actually most impactful, what's breaking down strongholds and destroying the things that the enemy is trying that will his, his plans will not prevail. <laughs> it's a sorry attempt at best. I thank you that I'm with a bunch of people who are living a life of love. And I declare this over you right now, that there's a whole new level of love that you're stepping into. Because there's another level of intimacy that we're stepping into. And as a family, we're going deeper in this place of love because we're going deeper in intimacy. The truth of God's word and the refinement that we're going through is transforming us. It's giving us breakthrough in thinking and it's giving us breakthrough in hope. Therefore, it's giving us breakthrough in joy. We're tapping into a new level of grace because we need it, because we're getting empowered at a whole new level. God's increasing our influence. He's giving us more people to pour into and to disciple and impact because we are learning to love like Him. We are growing in love. We are becoming everything that He predestined us to be. We are looking more like Him every day. (laughs) We are seeing the hope that He sees when He looks at the world. I thank You, Father, right now that You're dismantling strongholds and belief systems that don't belong to us, that aren't kingdom. I thank You that we are siding with love. We are siding with love. And that when it's time, we'll stand up for the things that we need to stand up for. Doesn't make us a, a doormat to people. I thank you, Father, that we're, we're getting what's most important, that you have revealed these amazing, these amazing secrets to your friends, to your kids, 
that you've given us the privilege and the opportunity to partner with you in the greatest move of God ever. We thank you that our nation won't be divided, won't be destroyed, that love is going to plant and love is going to build up, that love is going to destroy the things that need to be destroyed and taken out. We thank you that the bride is arising and becoming everything that she was created to be, that we as the bride are looking more like you planned the bride to look like every day. That we are learning the level of intimacy that takes us into the bedchamber where sons and daughters can't go. And that is changing us more than anything. We thank you. We thank you for what we get to know in this season. For all the things that got us here and all the things that are taking us into a new place in you. Thank you for new perspectives right now. So I'm handing out new perspectives. People are watching all over the room. New perspectives. New perspectives on people that hold opinions that are different than us. New perspectives on when we watch the news. New perspectives on, on, uh, on different religions and, and other people in Christianity that hold different belief systems. New perspectives. New perspectives. New perspectives. Perspectives are changing. They're changing. They're changing. We can't take the old one with us. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. Thank you, Father, that you're changing our perspectives now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have the prayer team come. Please. you to declare this with me if you will before I have people come that need prayer there's times when we declare things because we're transforming our mind because faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God and we make those declarations like we do with finances over offering and in different seasons of our life and, and that happens a transformation happens then there's a time when there's grace to declare the thing becomes so we come into agreement with the declaration and it becomes, it, it becomes our reality because of what's happening in the atmosphere, because of what God's doing in a moment. Two different things. And so I feel like there's a moment here that there's grace here to declare this and to become so. If you would say this, I was made to be loved and to become love. And I'll never be the same because of love. I was made to be loved and become love. And I'll never be the same because of love. I was made to be loved and to become love. And I'll never be the same because of love. There we go. Sometimes it takes more than once to start to believe something, right? That's why we sing the same thing over and over at times. It's not because they don't have other things that they'd like to sing. It's because we're coming into agreement with the thing and we start to declare it. And sometimes you get to declare it till you believe it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. So beautiful. So lovely. Best husband there ever could be. Yes, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. You love us. You love us. You can go ahead and come if you need prayer, you need healing, you need encouraged, or more, even more encouraged. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All of you online, we bless you. We thank you for joining in with us. I know the same grace and everything that's here is there, wherever you're at, wherever you're tuning in from. You're being changed by love. You'll never again be the same. You're being changed. You are. You're growing in love. You're growing in love. It's everything you were made for. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Father. Bless you guys. Thanks again for celebrating me so well. I'm still in awe of the way that you love me. Hope I can return the favor and we could just continue to run in this thing together. How's that sound? Thank you, Jesus. Bless you guys. Hope you can hang out for a little bit and, and celebrate with me. If you got something to do, I totally get it. It's a beautiful day out. You need to get somewhere guilt-free if you can't stay. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Love you guys so much. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.